There we go. Welcome back. This is Radio Free Sundays. I've got a feeling, a feeling deep inside. Oh, yeah. Yes, I got a feeling the Beatles 1968 track kicking off the show tonight. Friends, welcome back. This is Radio Free Sundays. My name is David Harms, and tonight we are doing a special deep dive into one of the Beatles' greatest albums, potentially even one of the greatest selling albums of all time, the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. I got really thinking about this when we, uh, I think we played the, played the new Beatles track recently, the uh, now and now and then, and got thinking about the the contributions to that over. You know, they layered the recordings to that over several decades, and got thinking about like the influence of the Beatles over this tremendous time period. And then, if you've been listening recently, we did another episode on the enduring appeal of classic rock, and started talking about the boundaries of of the genre itself, when it started, when it ended, these types of things. And a lot of the discussion around when the genre started, 1965, 1967, the Beatles are doing such amazing work at this time. And it's really interesting to start to, to think about how they sort of transitioned from 
like a pop band into a, a rock band writing more serious things. And so there's no, I mean, there's no understating the, is it understating? There's no overstating the importance of, of the Beatles as a band and as they, uh, the influence they've had on, on rock music as a whole, uh, music as a whole, um, all, you know, all the bands that we listen to today, uh, many of them cite the Beatles as influences. But this was a very interesting time period, and this and this album particularly was a very interesting time period. Because if you think of the Beatle, the main sort of Beatle mania era, I look it up. It says you know sixty three to sixty six, right? They're really they're touring, and this is the you know the origins of this of this classic rock period. And they really, I guess, there was something in that. Like in that time period, of course, you know, they became so popular. Um, it became a lot of, um, it became hard. It became a lot of work touring so much. And so um, after the end of, of 1966, and they were starting to get some controversy and some blowback in the press and these types of things, they said, you know what, we're going to take a little break from touring and just focus on recording for a little while. And one of the great things that came out of that period was this Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And so I think one of the amazing things about it is they said, we're going to try and do something different than we've done in any of the any of the music before. And so, I mean, one of the things that came out of it is Paul McCartney talked about doing LSD for the first time and coming up with the concept of it. And so thinking about this, I think he called it a um, Edwardian era military band. And they sort of created these alter egos for themselves to allow them to kind of free up the ability to uh, break with things that they've done in the past and and just try a whole bunch of new things, whether it was new sound, new recording, new costumes, new artwork, etc. And it really was a transformative album in the entire Beatles catalog. So we're going to take a, a bit of a deep dive into it tonight and look at some of the things around the music, around the album cover, and some of the legacy that this, this album has left. So we will kick it off here with mm -mm -mm, the unmistakable side one of the album kicking it off with the sound called Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band Mm, I get high with a little help from my friends mm, Gonna 
yourself in a boat on a river with tangerine trees and marmalade skies. Somebody calls you, you answer quite slowly. A girl with kaleidoscope I used 
snores as his wife gets into a dressing gown. Picks up the letter that's lying there, standing alone at the top of the stairs. She breaks down and cries to For the benefit of Mr. Kite, one of the great tracks off Sergeant Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. 
Friends, welcome back. If you're just joining us, this is Radio Free Sundays. My name is David Harms. Tonight we are taking a deep dive into that very special album, really the definition of album-oriented rock and roll. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable the 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 range, the the you know what it is as a concept album. It's really it's so interesting. So we heard a lot of like there's there's a lot of interesting things on the on the first half of that um, ones that come up particularly like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds being really um, a big part of their launch into kind of the psychedelic aspect of of rock and roll and that um, sort of branch of the classic rock genre super interesting. Yeah, why are we listening to this? Why are we looking at into this album particularly? Um, as I say, it falls right at this sort of um, boundary around the origins of the or the beginning of the classic rock era. And so, as something that came out in '66, um, we often talk about this this era starting in you know '65 uh, to '67 sort of time period. And it was also a very interesting period for the Beatles themselves of, of transitioning from being a touring band with a lot of light and lively pop music to being a, a more serious um, rock band, um, pop rock band. Really, they, they went into a lot of different uh, genres. There's an interesting story. Revolver was one of the first albums that they did, uh, I guess, just before this, maybe in whatever it was, in 66. And uh, I think there was, a, there was a famous story around it where Paul McCartney and Bob Dylan were sort of, you know, sharing ideas and, and you know, exchanging things that they're working on. And, uh, and Bob Dylan famously said to Paul McCartney, he's like, oh, I get it now. He goes, you're not trying to be cute anymore. And so they really did start, uh, I guess, at the point where they're realizing they have, you know, the attention of the world on them is that they have to sort of take things a little bit more seriously and um, do a little bit more with the, the platform that they have. So they certainly uh, did. And this was one of the great albums coming out of this studio period. Um, you know, by this time, it's, it's, I think it sold 32 million copies worldwide, something like this. Um, if you read about the, the, I mean, there's so much to read on these, anything to do with the Beatles, there's so much to read about them. But some of the big pieces, they'll just talk about this being an album that really solidified their position as the leaders of youth culture. And just being able to, um, <laughs> so they do almost, uh, almost anything they wanted with this um with this particular album where they created these uh, alter egos of this, of this uh, Edwardian era military band. And so, yeah, lots of, lots of things going in lots of different directions with it. And you see in the, in the credits as well, there is, um, I think everybody sings on it. Most of the songs are, are written by, you know, Lennon and McCartney and um, some, well, on that one that you heard uh, with a little help from my friends, uh, is Ringo Starr in the lead vocals. And as we're about to get to, uh, Within You, Without You is one of the, I think the only song on the album that was written and and sung by George Harrison. And this is where you also start to hear this major uh, Indian influence that he was receiving at the time and uh, uh, being taught how to play the sitar by Ravi Raji Sankar. And um, yeah, it's just the, the whole... Um, second half of this gets into uh, some interesting territories okay so here we are with George Harrison kicking off this next set within you without you right here on Radio Free Sundays Space, please. 
get older, losing my hair many years from now. Will you still be sending me a Valentine? Birthday greetings, bottle of wine. If I'd been out till quarter to three, would you lock the door? Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64?
gotta turn it up to hear the end of that track it is said to be one of the longest recorded notes in music history it's still going on behind what i'm saying now but i think it it's i've never timed it myself but i think it's somewhere in the you know 35 to 45 seconds something like this before it finally before it finally fades out and it's a really nice way for them to like end the album it's a very very dramatic very interesting song. A Day in the Life. Lennon and McCartney being the uh, authors and lead vocals on it. Of course, this was, you know, this was an album that came out long before I was born. So um, it didn't have any sort of direct experience of it. But um, the amount of people that covered this music and um, some people will be familiar with there was a movie called the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band that came out in the late 70s. That was um, it didn't have the Beatles in it, and it was it was Peter Frampton and the Bee Gees, and and a whole host of other people performing on it, and it was really interesting. Um, I I think it was interesting because this is like this is a film as a young child I I grew up on and uh, learned a lot of Beatles songs through this, but it was other people performing them, and so. Um, you know, people that we hear on the album, uh, of course, as I say, Peter Frampton and the Bee Gees did a, a lot of it. Uh, Billy Preston is on it. Steve Martin sings a, a great song. What else? George Burns, the comedian George Burns, uh, was on the album. Aerosmith playing Come Together and on and on it goes. And so there was some really, um, it's really sort of, uh, a little bit disorienting a little bit of that cognitive dissonance when you uh, when you hear the original album and you're thinking this is so much so much different and a lot of different um, there's 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 more songs of course on the the movie version of it and so there was a lot of things that I assumed that were a, a part of this album that were not and so we'll see if we can uh, get to uh, one or two of those before the show is out tonight the other thing I just wanted to to point out was the um, the album cover itself was something that um, was very unique uh, at the time. And this is something that if people have seen it, um, certainly you can look it up. But it, it shows, you know, it's a picture of a big crowd, essentially. And this has been redone by other other artists over time. But the Beatles are there. There's also, like, in these um, Edwardian-era military band uh, uniforms that they're wearing. And they also have wax mannequins of themselves in this, but there's, um, there's a great description on Wikipedia that sort of shows, you know, the outlines of all the people with numbers and describes, uh, who is, who is in it, who is around. And, um, there's comedians, there's writers, Lenny Bruce is there. Um, we're here. Carl Young is there, Edward Allan Poe and so on. It goes on. Bob Dylan is in it. Aldous Huxley, hmm, author, and Marilyn Monroe is part of it. Karl Marx is in there. There's some really interesting and, and, and sometimes controversial figures. Uh, Oscar Wilde is one of them. And yeah, George Bernard Shaw. So it was very interesting. Lewis Carroll, another one. And they had, um, you know, kind of a good description of it as well in, in terms of all these people that were in it. And then there's, you know, there's stories around the people who were conceived to be there, but also not put in afterwards. And I think they talked about 
I mean, others who were uh, excluded from it at the time. They talked about putting Jesus in there, but because of the controversies they had around John Lennon's comments uh, before this this period, they decided to leave that out. Um, Adolf Hitler was part of it. Uh, they said, well, that's probably not going to fly either. So um, left left uh, him out of it. And so it's a really interesting album cover, but there is, again, there's a lot written about it. There's all sorts of little props and unique things and symbolism and stuff that goes on it. So if you get a chance to uh, to have a look at that, please do so. Okay, where are we on the clock here? We're getting close to the end. So I want to, I think, go to one more uh, song. There's no more songs on this album, but one of the uh, things that came in there, also in this studio period, um, what did they do? Magical Mystery Tour after that, and um, the White Album, Abbey Road was coming up. And so this song here... um, yeah, it's got a, it's got dual titles. I want you, and then she's so heavy as part of it. It's 1969 uh, from the Abbey uh, Abbey Road release, and it's uh, also a very different one from a lot of the other work that the Beatles have done. So, hope you enjoy it. Hope you've enjoyed the show this evening. Um, just as we depart here, I want to say a big thanks to everyone for tuning in. A big thanks to Midtown Radio for hosting the live recording of this 9 p.m. Sunday nights. And for anybody who is able to get in touch, I love hearing from people in between. If you have ideas for show concepts, song requests, any of the above, by all means, get in touch. Here's the Beatles. I want you. Radio Free Sundays. I want you.